everyone. My name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. Thank you so much for joining me for another wonderful episode of Made of Metal. I hope everyone enjoyed last week's episode of exploring the duality of man. And I wanted to continue on that theme especially in terms of understanding that the decisions we make are what defines us outside of anything else. So this week, we'll be covering an individual who experienced a personal injury due to illness that most would have considered catastrophic and life-ending, especially during a time when there was little to no resources available to cope with that loss. This wasn't a loss of a person, but of their own individual senses, and thus a good chunk of their personal independence. Having to navigate a world that just wasn't equipped for their needs, plus having to forge a completely new path towards understanding how to work with people such as themselves. This individual also went on to fight for several noble causes, all geared toward establishing basic freedoms and rights for the unseen in society. And they were able to do this as they were well acquainted with the marginalization of their own group. I truly love stories like these for their ability to depict the strength and resilience that lives within us all, in spite of whatever circumstances life throws at us. Plus, as you all know, I am such a huge fan of stories involving strong women. Truly lights my fire. (laughs) So this week, we'll be covering the strong, the sensible, the steadfast Helen Keller. Helen Keller was born on June 27th, 1880 in Alabama, the eldest of two daughters. Helen's parents... Arthur and Catherine, had four children total, including two older brothers from a previous marriage. Helen's father, Arthur, was a newspaper editor for a local publication, and her mother was a homemaker. Financially, the family wasn't well off and owned a farm to sustain their meager lifestyle. Helen was born a completely healthy baby and even started speaking and walking before the age of one. When Helen was almost two, she caught a fever that progressed into a devastating illness around 1882. At the time, it was called brain fever, but it was more than likely a form of scarlet fever or even meningitis. It was after the illness that family members noticed that Helen wasn't responding to visual or auditory stimuli, seemingly oblivious. It was determined that Helen had lost her sight and hearing as a consequence of the high fever. Through trial, error, and everyday interaction, Helen was able to create a limited sign language to communicate with a childhood companion, the daughter of a cook. This was the only communication method that Helen would use for quite some time. It was also noted during this time period that Helen's behavior became abrasive, erratic, and destructive. 
Helen would be prone to disturbing episodes of anger and rage, even inflicting her tantrums upon her only friend and always her parents. Because of her abusive behavior, Helen's family began to seriously consider having her placed in an institution as they had no idea how to tame her, which, in my opinion, seems beyond cruel. But I get that there wasn't a lot of understanding surrounding dealing with family members who had special needs, especially around this time period. Helen was angry and frustrated with her circumstances, and understandably so. She had to live in a world she didn't understand with people whom she couldn't communicate with. It's no wonder she was having trouble managing her emotions, not to mention she was also just a child trying to navigate a new and uncertain world without the full use of her senses. This would cause any person to become bitter and resentful. Through her own diligent research, Helen's mother learned about a doctor in Maryland that specialized in working with blind and deaf children and sent Helen to see him with her father. After being assessed, the doctor recommended Helen see another person who was more experienced and had better resources to help treat her as they dedicated their life to working with deaf children. This person is quite well known actually, but for other reasons. The doctor recommended that Helen visit an expert named Alexander Graham Bell. Yes, the man who invented the telephone also worked with deaf children to help find educational solutions. Another timeline cross that leaves me speechless. Like who knew that all these people existed at the same time. Maybe I just didn't understand exactly growing up and learning it in school, but now I'm just like, what? I would have been so much more interested in history if I would have known these individuals like interacted with each other. Alexander recommended that Helen travel to the Perkins Institute for the Blind, located in Boston, Massachusetts, that was currently run by his brother. When Helen reached the Institute, she would be paired up with a recent graduate named Anne Sullivan. Anne would become one of the most important people in Helen's life. Anne was selected as Helen's teacher, and in 1887, Anne traveled with Helen to her home. Upon her arrival, the first word Anne began teaching Helen was doll, as that was the gift she had brought her. Unexpectedly, Helen did not initially receive Anne's teachings well. She was still disgruntled with her lack of communication, thus was not open to learning from someone new. As she continued to work with Anne, Helen grew even more disengaged and angry. As a last-ditch effort, Anne requested that she and Helen be sequestered away from the rest of the family to a cottage on the property. Through a long period of dynamic teaching, tantrums, and pure determination, Anne was able to teach Helen her first word, water. Anne taught Helen the sign for water, but Helen demanded to know its letter name, as she called it. Thus, Anne spelled out the word on Helen's hand, and this began a long, fruitful history of education for Helen. And Helen's academic record would be one for the books, okay? This girl loved 
to go to school. I love it. I mean, I too am a super lifelong learner, as you guys know, super nerd. So I love to see people who are passionate about learning. Helen attended the Perkins Institute, the Horace Mann School for the Deaf, the Wright Humison School for the Deaf, and the Cambridge School for Young Ladies, which was a prep school for college. Helen had already decided that she'd wanted to attend college in spite of her financial limitations. Throughout her schooling, she'd learned how to communicate using different methods, such as Braille, reading lips, and speaking herself. While Helen gained knowledge and worldly experiences through her schooling, she was also exposed to more people who became enchanted with her. Once people learned of her background, Helen's reputation gained quite a bit of national attention. The consequences of this involved meeting new individuals who were fascinated with her and wanted to help her achieve her goals. One such individual, the prolific writer and storyteller, Mark Twain. Yes, (laughs) yet another incredible timeline cross. Mark Twain and Alexander Graham Bell both worked with Helen Keller. I've really been missing these, but they're always just as astounding every time I learn about them. Mark was able to introduce Helen to a wealthy friend who was so impressed with her that he agreed to help put Helen through college. In 1900, Helen would enroll in Radcliffe College and graduated cum laude in 1904 at the age of 24. Helen was able to accomplish this feat with the help of her teacher, Anne. Another incredible fact was that Helen wrote books about her experience growing up blind and deaf, something that had never been done before. There were many misconceptions about her blindness, which Helen worked to correct with her writing as they highlighted her own experiences. Several monthly publications picked up her articles, including major magazines like the Atlantic Monthly. Helen wrote and published her first book in 1905, titled The Story of My Life, with the help of Anne. But Helen didn't stop there. She would go on to publish several other books, Optimism in 1903, Light in My Darkness in 1927, and The Open Door in 1957, just to name a few. I wanted to use these titles to highlight that Helen literally was writing throughout her entire adulthood. Seemingly, as soon as she grasped the ability to write, she never stopped. Helen wasn't only a fantastic writer, but she also began to participate in several social activist causes, including women's suffrage and civil rights. In spite of the unpopular national sentiments among these causes, Helen was a steadfast devotee. After graduating college, Helen began to travel and give lectures on her life experiences while working with others who had special needs. Helen even spoke before Congress on how to help and advocate for individuals with special needs, providing actionable resources and solutions. Helen would go on to co-found an organization called Helen Keller International, who had the aim of working to combat the causes of blindness. And she co-founded this with George Kessler, the renowned city planner. Like what? 
1920, Helen would also create the amazingly incredible American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU. And that next year, the American Federation for the Blind was founded as well. I just wanted to stop here and just say, I don't know how I didn't know this. I had no idea that Helen Keller was one of the individuals who helped to found the ACLU. I mean, that's such an incredible organization, even today. Just really incredible stuff. The American Federation for the Blind was founded that next year. And this is where Helen would focus her support creating campaigns for awareness and to raise financial support for those living with blindness. It was during this time that Helen's popularity began to weaken due to her associations with the less-than-popular socialism. But this didn't stop her momentum entirely. In 1946, Helen was named the Counselor of International Relations for the American Foundation of Overseas Blind, and traveled all over the world sharing her story. A decade later, Helen would begin a groundbreaking trek across Asia, lecturing and educating on blindness and how to better support special needs individuals in society. It should be noted that Helen was 75 when she began her trip. In 1965, Helen would be appointed to the Women's Hall of Fame, along with several other distinguished awards, including the Presidential Medal of Freedom, as well as the Theodore Roosevelt Distinguished Service Medal. After many years lecturing and traveling, Helen would settle down in her home in Connecticut after suffering health issues for a number of years. Helen Keller passed away in her sleep on June 1st, 1968, at the age of 87. Now, first of all, I had no idea that she passed away in 68. That just doesn't seem as far off in the past as I thought it was when I think about Helen Keller. But this story, to me, is one of the most incredible, amazing stories. Because whenever I tell these stories, usually the individuals are dealing with societal or cultural obstacles, which either delay or hinder them. But having two of your physical senses unusable and continuing on to live such an extraordinary life. I mean, just writing books, going to college, like really being an exemplary individual, pursuing all of your interests, all of your passions, not even allowing your circumstances to dictate how you move forward. I mean... I love this story. I also loved it because it was a very real depiction of someone who was angry at life. In the beginning of her life where she was throwing all these tantrums and she was always very angry and disrespectful to her family and her parents. I mean, number one, she was a child who didn't even have the ability to absorb the education that she really needed at that point in her life because it just wasn't there. And number two, she was blind and deaf. She couldn't communicate. She lived in a world she absolutely could not understand just as a child, not even as somebody who was blind and deaf. To look at that and then look at how far she came from that point. I mean, it's so impressive. It is so encouraging. For me personally, it's just so inspiring that she didn't allow her rage to consume her. 
because nobody would have blamed her for that. But she didn't. She allowed it to fuel her and take her to heights that people with all of their senses, you know, couldn't reach. Just pure determination and grit. And on top of all of this, she also dedicated her life to fighting for those with special needs, along with social activist causes. Like, how does she even have the bandwidth? Like, I know you guys are probably like, wow, can she get this out? Like, (laughs) it is literally amazing to me just trying to wrap my brain around this sort of individual. It's so inspiring. It really is. And of course, I had to end this on a freaking badass quote. So sorry. Cover your ears. A badass quote. Because this girl is a firecracker and it's obvious. So here it goes. The marvelous richness of human experience would lose something of rewarding joy if there were no limitations to overcome. The hilltop hour would not be half so wonderful if there were no dark valleys to traverse. You can check us out at madeofmetalpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Made of Metal Podcast. And if you love the show, please tell a friend, leave a review. I believe last episode I told you to tell your friends that I was cool, but I think I ended by saying to tell the truth. I'm actually backpedaling on that. Just tell them I'm cool, okay? (laughs) Just do me this one solid so that they'll listen. But other than that, it's a total pleasure, an absolute privilege to share this with you guys every week. I love these stories. They help me just as much as they help you. I cannot stress that enough. And please feel free to share with me individuals who you want to get featured. I actually got a message for somebody who wanted me to feature a musician. So that'll be coming up. I love to hear what you guys are interested in. And I love reading all your comments. I love reading all the feedback. So as always, my loves, bloom where you are planted. Bye.